CCP. CCP never changes. EA waged an economic war to gather developer slaves and wealth. Valve built an empire from its lust for the almighty dollar. In Bethesda, they shaped a battered company into an economic superpower. But CCP never changes. In the 21st century, CCP decided to, diverse, to diversify its portfolio with a new game. Only this time, the studio would try something different. Consoles and a shooter. They had watched Microsoft ring Halo dry, and Activision milk Call of Duty for all its value. And then EA split its Battlefield fanbase between two games that cannibalized its own players' money all bent on controlling the last remaining gamer dollars on Earth. In 2014, the storm hit again. In two brief days, most of the forums for Dust514 were reduced to tears. And from the ashes of FanFest 2014, a new studio would struggle to arise from the scorched Earth. A few iron-willed developers were able to survive the massacre at CCP Shanghai. Ritati was one of them. Imprisoned safely behind a large studio door under a mountain of smog and piles of poor Chinese noodles, a generation has lived without knowledge of the outside world, and he has waited for his time. Life in the studio is about to change, but CCP will never change. And welcome to Biomass this week. We would like to uh, thank the one and only Cat Merck for that incredible reading that he offered us and. Uh, the, the pros there, uh, we took a little bit of editing liber liberties uh, to correct a couple typos in there. But again, for the weekly reading, Cat Merck, thank you very much. And we're going to get you a bowl of milk out there for a weekly prize. All right, folks. So we're here for our normal sort of chewing the fat session here on, on the Biomass podcast. And we're going to dive right in and hit some intros. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about the agenda for the week. And uh, we're going to get a, I used to be in the CCP, in the CPM update from Soraya Zell, and uh, we'll see how, where the night takes us. So, all right, boys, let's go ahead and get some intros in there. Bait, you're up first. What is going on, everybody? My name is Awa Bait. I am a member of the uh, Incorruptibles Corporation uh, and a writer for the Biomast blog. That's true. He is actually one of the two writers for the Biomass blog uh, because we yes. have a lot of other people that actually like send some stuff in and we post it on occasion. But in terms of actually writing stuff, Bait writes stuff and then Zell puts in like podcast titles. So he's technically a writer. Um, all right. Let's see who got up here next. Um, Godin. I think he's just listening. That's perfect. Heracles. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Heracles Porsche here. I'm a YouTuber, alcoholic, and recovering cripple. Outstanding. And Pokey Draven. I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, co-host here on the show, and I used to write for the blog, and will hopefully do so more in the future because Zell posting podcasts is actually more than I write, and that's just wrong. It's all good. And the man of the hour, Sarai Zell. I'm Sarai Zell, a former member of the CPM, a co-host here on the show, an editor on the blog, and a horrible, horrible troll. This is true. You're not very good at trolling people, but you try really hard, so I have some respect for that. Before um, anything else, I just want to say 10 out of 10 on that poem. What it bang. wasn't a poem. Now, it was I, a true story. Yeah, that's that's dead serious. Like, I don't know if you saw it or not, that uh, Catmark posted that Fucking up amazing. In, the, uh, in the Skype <laughs> earlier. And I was it like, was, oh, you know what? We're going to roll with that. <laughs> call it what you want. It was a poem to me. It was a tale of epic struggle. No, it wasn't too bad because I, I, I can't remember what the context were, was in the conversation, but he, he basically whipped that thing out like um, in the middle of a 
you know, kind of a, a somewhat bitter discussion about gaming and development and stuff like that. And it was it was, it was really funny. bitter. The bitters were going hard that day. <laughs> no, that was like this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so well, folks, tonight we're, we we kind of talked it over, and here's kind of the format of the show. Uh, we will get our "I used to be in the CPM" update from Soraya here shortly, uh, which should be incredibly short but poignant as always. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about a couple things in, in uh, Dust. We have a new event that's coming up that we'll chat about, or at least mention uh, what the what the awards are and what the parameters are, that kind of stuff like that. Uh, and then I think the only other real major thing that's going on out there is the hotfix crowdsourcing thread that Rotati posted, which is, as always, that's an interesting topic for discussion for a little bit. But one of the other things we're going to do tonight, once we get kind of past uh, sort of that kind of stuff, uh, we want to talk to you a little bit about some of the, the games that are coming out this season, this fall and winter season that we are most looking forward to. So everybody here on the panel has got a couple um, – a couple, two, three games that they that they really have their eye on, or some that have literally just came out in the last day or so uh, that they had been waiting on. So we'll kind of preview that for folks. Just a few thoughts on some of the the upcoming games out there that uh, the community can dive into here and there. So without further ado, Soraya, any thoughts now that you're no longer a CPM? Um, well, you know it's hard. I've I've left some messages on on Cross's you know Skype voicemail, so to speak. Um, asking him questions so that I shouldn't be asking. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that I want to know this week is uh, that we had a roadmap item for Warlords 1.3. Um, it's still there, as far as I know. And uh, with this hotfix um, uh, question, this thread coming up, my, my question is, are, are we getting, is 1.3 coming soon and then we're preparing for the hotfix that comes after it? Or is 1.3 delayed and we're Doing a quick hotfix in the time between. I'm very curious how this this orders out, and I don't know for once, and it hurts. Welcome to the community, Sarizel. Thank you. You can take your bitter vet card at the door. <laughs> no, well, I was actually, I was, we were kind of kicking this idea around too, and and sort of the, you know, the it's a couple different theories on of uh, are you asking to do the hotfix to keep to basically as a crowd control move while you're waiting on 1.3 because generally the hotfix stuff doesn't go into the patch. Uh, or are you asking to, to that, asking for that material so you can start sorting and working on it and immediately deliver it after the patch? I think the problem with delivering it after the patch is usually the first thing they do after a patch is fix the patch. Uh, and then they start working on, on subsequent activity. So if I were to guess, I would say we're going to get probably the hot fix first because 1.3 is deeper in the queue than when Rotati probably originally would have wanted it. But I mean, I know that there is a decent period of time, like when a patch is finished, it's it's, it's done, but it's got to go through all the Sony QA and everything like that and, you know, get to deployment. And so, you know, it could be that this, they're trying to fill that that time by starting to work on the next hot fix. Stuff. I don't know. No, that, that's, a, and, and that's a fair point. That, that really is. And I think a lot of it depends on, like, like most things when you I think we're when when you're down to what he can do in a hot fix, you know, you know, server side type stuff. It's really tweaking some numbers and and, and some minor things on the margins, uh, which I mean, in game could have big big effects, but it's really pretty minor. Uh, can I, can I just say, it just requires other QA pieces. Go ahead. Can I just say about that thread that Rattati started? First of all, bravo for him for opening himself up to the public like that, but. 
it was really abundantly clear reading some of the posts in there that a lot of people who are posting what they want in the hotfix clearly have no idea what can and can't be done in hotfix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's a number change. That's what you can do basically is change the numbers in the game. I don't people were, you know, expecting well, not maybe not expecting, but you know, they you were do, asking I mean, for the sun and the moon in in a hotfix mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. you got it. They can create new items as long as it's within the extent of the stats that are available. So, like, they could fill out, you know, more stuff in the LP store, stuff like that. That's stuff that can be done by how it would be nice. Sure. And a lot of people asking for reasonable stuff like rifle balancing and stuff. But I don't know. I think Ritati can maybe save himself a few headaches next time if he kind of explains what can and can't be done in Mm -hmm. a hotfix. Yeah, I was seeing people... uh... Uh, saying, fix the damn frame rates. You can't fix that bullshit in a hot fix, guys. It just, no, it can't be done. You know, yeah, no. Well, I think, you know, when I read through them uh, this afternoon, I, I pick a, and it's, I think it's up to like 17 pages or something like that. So there's a lot of people putting feedback in, but 20. The, the, what I noticed was very much what Heracles brought up is there are a lot of people that, are with this is probably indicative of the amount of turnover we have in the game there are a ton of people in there that have no idea what they're asking for um it's not evil i mean and i'm not poking at them at all i'm just giving you heads up it's it's well they don't know i mean nobody's explained to them and nor do i think it's you know and all i mean it's easy for me to say because i've been here like damn near since day one but I don't know that if you jump into a free-to-play game on the PS3 right now, even if you found the forms for the game, I don't know that it's you know an expected measure that you've delved through three, three almost four years of forum activity to figure out what the fuck a hotfix even is. You're always so generous and, and gentle with people's lack of knowledge. Well, the ignorance is okay as long as you're you're willing to learn. But now, what I would recommend, though, is and it's also been a while since we've had a hot fix. Uh, it probably doesn't take more than like a, a, a very short paragraph when Rotati opens it, because he's really he, you know when he's talking, you know, we intrinsically understand kind of what he's getting at. But it would take a very short, almost cut and paste paragraph of, again, here are the the limitations, the left and right limits of what you can ask for broadly. And that would help narrow things down. And then you, then you tr- can very quickly figure out who's trolling and who really doesn't know, like who has no idea what the hell a hotfix really is. Well, that's kind of an issue you see in a lot of these feedback is that it, it's a little too broad, I think, in, in terms of, you know, hey, I'm looking at doing this and it doesn't really give people direction. And then if you don't, you know, define parameters of what you what you're actually looking for. You kind of end up with this crapshoot of of random things, and and they may be important, but I, I think in general you need to have at least some general idea of the direction you want to go with something like this, so people can give more focused feedback. Otherwise, it's it's too difficult to really gather a bunch of uh, examples of a, of a particular concept because you know everyone's all over the place. But if you narrow it down to like you know five or six, people can actually give you more focused information about what they want rather than just be all over the place. That's fair. Well, I no, I did have a, a general question for the for the for the group. If you have looked through the thread, uh, did anybody see anything they thought was actually worthwhile to to kind of mark down as a yeah, we really should probably do this if they've got a minute to to get it hooked up. Everybody's got a boner for rifle balancing. Um, yeah, I think that, that makes me were, want to throw up in my mouth. Oh my god, it was the 
next forum post I see about rifle balancing, I'm gonna kill myself. It's just, don't it's kill yourself. Same kill a, thing kill a cat over. Mark. Kill a cat, Mark. Don't kill yourself. It, uh, that's a good idea. It, but it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's the same list of weapons. Everybody's bitching about the scrambler rifle and how it needs to have like I think ten uh, percent knocked off the um the current damage is what the community is is feeling. Um, you know, fix the assault rifle, fix the kick on you know whatever fucking sidearm. Um, it, it's just the same thing over and over. And as a player to the community and somebody who reads. The forums, I'm saying this to the community, stop saying rifle balance. Everybody knows we want it, and maybe it'll get done. Buy more Orm, and it will get done. I guarantee you that. Um, Jesus Christ, don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, I also am seeing um, scans, uh, active scans, I think, there that people are, uh, are complaining about that need um, some kind of fix. Um, that's all that sticks out, Owen Shields. But yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about shields. I'm. I don't want to talk about shields. Nobody wants to talk about shields. I, I think some people want to talk about shields because well, I know a, two CPM is a problem. who I. Well, yeah, this is true, but yeah, not tonight. My head hurts. Well, well I, w- I would say, uh, you know, what what you highlighted their bait aside is, uh, and, and I kind of kind of was I was sort of ha- only half joking about the whole it makes me want to throw up in my mouth thing, but. In terms of the hotfix stuff, I mean, the reality is that we've gone through, I think, a handful of hotfixes. I don't know what we're up to now, like five or six. Um, and, you know, I think numbers and spreadsheets are tweaked as good as they're willing to tweak them. And all we're really doing is rearranging Legos right now. Is That's my opinion. Um, that being said, you know, I haven't. I have my my depth of recent knowledge in dust is probably not nearly as deep as most of your most of you guys, but I, I can tell you that the only thing that's going to create significant change now in the game is literally significant change uh, in terms of like not just it's not about balancing. Balancing implies that you have a rubric and a function, a mechanic, a construct, or whatever that overlays a consistent theme of design. Uh, when you're developing a game and then you balance that to achieve a, a very specific uh, measurable set of equilibrium that you've already predefined that is certainly not what they've done in this game now I don't blame Ratati for that at all by the way I think he's done quite a bit to try to, to help out but there's I think there's some things they can do like quality of life stuff that they can do in hot fixes but they really are almost at the point where they really have to like break the engine down, you know, or tear things down to the, to the bolts and then build it back up to really affect change. That was, well, that was probably what they were trying to do when, you know, they proposed a whole new, you know, FPS instead of, and accidentally triggered, you know, the Rouge wedding. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that. a bit. Well, let's, let's be clear here that they, they did state that, uh, Legion is uh, using the same Unreal 3.5 monstrosity. Oh, did that... they really? Yes, it's the same. Yeah, the same engine. Is that is that engine bad, or did did they just did we just it's, build badly on it? It's Frankenstein. Well, it's it's okay. not like oh. Unreal 3 is a fine engine. Unreal 4 is a fine engine. What Dust is built on is Unreal 3 with a bunch of features that aren't found in Unreal 3, like Unreal 4 type features, just like hack and slashed onto Dust. And there's a whole ton of, like, the, the like 
the whole socket system and the the giant maps and everything was all you know it, it's it's a very Frankenstein system. Right. It's, it's not. Okay. It's it's doing things with Unreal Three that Unreal Three was never meant to be doing. Gotcha. Yeah. So I I mean like I said, there's a fair amount of stuff. I I think over the twenty pages or whatever in that in that hot fix thread, there's there's going to be a few small items, quality of life things that they they legitimately can do, and, and I'm all for them doing that. But you know I, I'm per, I'm pretty much at the point where I'm going to have to see something fairly significant uh, before I like really start paying attention to what they're actually trying to do for the game itself. Here's here's my one mini idea that I'm going to start pushing to change dust. Get rid of MCC missile damage. Crickets. No, you guys are probably wondering why the hell would I care about that. It's well, real it's really simple. It's just uh it's a mechanic that prevents comebacks and well, I think no, that's it's, lame. It's the mechanic that prevents a game going 30 prevents minutes. Prevents stagnation. That, that you you got. I don't. I shouldn't have to tell you. Guys. There's. They've got to have some better mechanic for that. We are. We already know they can put timers on these games. You know, they had. They showed they can do it with ambush. You know, I'm sure they could have. I know. I know. I'm asking for a, a lot here, but I no, think I, any mechanic. I absolutely that, think that MCC should erode each other over time. And yes, you can still make comebacks, but you better be able to make your comeback before the last five seconds of the game. I still. I don't. I. I think it's lame. I think if wow. you if you hack if you hack that panel with like half a tick to go and you can win that way, that would make for much more exciting games well, the, than games that just auto end. What you're really asking for is uh, you, you need an elegant mechanic so that when the game calculates that uh, how like let's say five points are owned by team number one. As soon as the game I can reasonably calculate that team number two, under no circumstance, can uh, can win, how do you win the game right there instead of playing for another five to seven to ten minutes? Oh, yeah, I'm all for that. And, I mean, this game needs all kinds of help with, you know, making games more balanced and making comebacks actually I, a I possibility. Think, but I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but my understanding is this game still needs, like, to have, like, matches that you can get into and play and yeah. then get out of. When was the last time anyone here got in an acquisition match? Um, yesterday. I got into six. You I got, got played six? You got into Dude, six yesterday? I queue. I have stopped queuing ambush and domination. Fuck domination. And I queue exclusively skirm and acquisition. I consistently get skirm and acquisition. Maybe, you know, sometimes I'll get like three skirms in a row and then I'll get an acquisition or I'll get uh you know two acquisition and then uh skirm or you know whatever but I do consistently get into acquisition. That's you good. just how you long just, are how long are you sitting in there waiting? Um minute and a half, two minutes. Damn two dude, minutes. I was in there today and I, I waited ten minutes. I queued only frack and I waited ten minutes. Oh, it was actually really there's funny. There's your problem, there's your problem. Don't just queue for exclusive acquisition. Because I, I you, you, you will find yourself waiting for I did the back and forth a long of time. what you did. I had one where I no. I queued exclusively Exclusive, Skirm, another exclusively uh Skirm and Act. Yeah, I did I did one exclusive Skirm and one exclusive Ack, and I gave up on both of them after ten minutes. Nope, doing both at the same time. Um, Alright. So And if you I, don't get a battle then 
One of those I things I saw in the feedback you. that was really funny. It was it's like a council chamber post. Someone was complaining. Was, you could tell they were new uh, to the game, very new. Um, and they made this post, and it was about you know how tick they were that the red line started moving. And I'm like, <laughs> and and they explained that this is you know on the train depot map. And I'm like, hey, congratulations, you found yourself in an acquisition match. And no, they can't hide in the red line because that's the same red line for both teams. But it, it it was just it was it was really funny because you could tell they they didn't even have a clue how acquisition worked because they had seen it so so rarely. I feel so sorry for that poor guy. I should send that guy some money. Do you know that guy's name? I feel bad for him. No, it's a council chamber post, though, so you can find it. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know why I'm still responding to council chamber posts, but I do <laughs> sometimes. Poor guy. I think what Jay is getting at, though, is that we've kind of reached a point where iterative changes are not really quite cutting it, and sometimes you kind of have to go in and dismantle a system, at least partially, on a fundamental scale, and in, in rework it. I mean, there's obviously a lot of issues with drop suit bonuses and how they affect weapons and whatnot, and it, it, I feel that Rattati is almost a little afraid to touch a big project like that because he doesn't want to break things, but at this point, things are broken and you kind of have to take that risk to make it happen, and I, I feel there's a lot of reluctance on the part of the developers to actually make that happen, despite it being necessary at this point. You know, if dust went down for you know a day or something to to rework or even longer, um, just to fix the existing stuff in the game that's broken, and they just took like a whole day or a whole three days or whatever, that'd be totally fine by me. If it fixes, I mean, if it fixes the game, dude, <laughs> fucking do it, man. Port it if you have to. I mean, I just sort of, I just sort of took it that you have to accept certain amount of flaws with this game but what i'm actually more upset about is when they introduce new features and they new stuff work. and there there's something broken about them like skins or they they give us an entirely new level in the war barge and don't give mm-hmm. us a new module you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is what what annoys me you know? wait what what is this what's this new level there's you can level your war barge you know how you can let you keep you when you start leveling your war barge you get a new module each level Mm-hmm. Well, they added a new, they added a new like level after the fifth module, but you don't get a module. You can, you know. Oh yeah. So I, I didn't say, know about I that because I because it doesn't yeah. increase your because you, you you don't get any bonuses for increasing just your base war barge level, other than you get a new module past right? the past. past yeah, okay. Past okay. the one that gets you the lab. Okay. 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 I see. I see. Okay. So you can you can sink ten grand into your war barge. I did nothing. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We have a new drop suit command five, everyone. Hmm? Huh? Something Places new in dust? No, I mean like the, the extra war barge level that does nothing is, is like having, you know, drop suit command five. Oh, okay. Oh. It was yeah, sheesh, you guys are slow. I thought they added something and got all excited and then I realized. It I was did just too, and then Zell See, Zell, you were right, you are bad at trolling. You I knew what you're talking slow, about. Man. No, I know what you're talking about. I just didn't say anything. Of course you did. Okay. All right. So moving on from a uh, pretty milk toast attempted at trolling from Sriazel, which we come to ex- expect and certainly cheer for when he tries. Um, the uh, there is a, an event here uh, coming up here pretty soon. I think it runs from the fifteenth of September to the twenty fifth of September, uh, and it, it's it's basically a skin centric uh, event. Basically, it looks like a Let's see, the Amar Empire has issued uh, global missions to commemorate recent events in New Eden, which is actually kind of cool. They're sort of tying some things back to EVE. Uh, 
and they're gearing people up on the on the ground with ISK arm and special issue skin modules. So what it basically means is that you got to earn a certain amount of more points, uh, kind of per day, and, and achieve a certain amount of uh, kicks for kills and battles. And it looks like you let's see win 30 battles over the 10 day period and you receive a unique death shroud mar medium skin module and the picture of it actually looks pretty pretty slick so it it's an event uh there's looks doesn't look like there's a lot of like massive crazy sp like they've had in previous events uh there's a skin which is is kind of cool it's like really the only vanity item that they offer from dust uh, my beef with anything skin related is that only about 50% of the time in the war barge does it actually show up. And oh, by the way, you're only in the war barge for like 10 seconds. Um, so it's kind of like you have a vanity, you, you have like a, a vanity thing, but you have no mirror with which to see your vanity thing, nor place to show off your vanity shit. To you can show it off. You can show it off in the bat in battle when you teabag you someone. When you yes, you can show it the nice ass of your you, you, uh, nice ass and balls of your you, suit. Have you ever actually? Let me put this way: how do, skin? how do you yes. know in your skin? Yeah, how do you know in battle that you, your your skin actually shows up? Because oh, you can I see it because on the gloves. I, and I okay. what, yeah, that you can see in the gloves. And I've had courtmates come up to me um, and be like, "Ooh, you got new skin, bait? Yeah, man, I got new skin. Can't yeah. you tell? R right? Does for it like, look like, like the base fucking skin?" If you well, I know. By the way, if you, if you're fucking around that much, then you should have already been moving out from below the MCC to do whatever this, you need to do. This, this is at we're walk. Uh, this is as we're running out toward the point. We multitask. We actually do play this game, uh, unlike ninety percent of the blueberries who sit on mountains and snipe. Right. And I can't fair. see. And I can't see enemy uh, enemy skins. Um, as I am one of those blueberries that does snipe. Um, much I fun. I guess my point is I kind of don't really care because of the context of which we're seeing them. I mean, it, it is pretty, I mean, they can be pretty cool, but I still think they're pretty fucking overpriced uh, for the oh, ones you buy. Everybody agrees. The, uh, I think we got sidetracked. We were talking about the Amar event. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, the event is out there uh, and basically they're going to have four, these four global missions. So when you queue your daily missions up, it'll be the same four missions will be part of your mission set. Uh, so and and it looks fairly decent for a chunk of ISK and, and some um, skill points. But it's pretty. It's, it's so, sorry. It's not. It's not really that much. It's not that much ISK. It's not that much SP. But it's pretty easy to get a hold of it. And the the other thing is you're you're if you're getting like a chunk of orm each day, you're getting like 500 orm if you do half your missions, which is pretty easy to do. And if you get shitty missions, you could re-roll them for 100 and. Get and still get four hundred orm. I guess. Well, you say it's not that much isk and orm or isk and skill points, but do those matches reset like every day? Yeah. No, it like it's, per it's oh, persistent. Fuck. Hold on, I'm gonna read you oh. the the piece on here, and do me a favor. Let me finish before you jump in again. Okay. So during this time period, players will encounter three persistent, unique, unrerollable daily missions. So every day you're going to get these three missions that I will read off here shortly every single day. No, you may not re-roll them. You earn 2,500 war points, which you can do in a match pretty easily. Uh, your reward is 15,000 skill points. If you get 150 kills, your reward is 25,000 skill points and 50,000 ISK. For five, finishing five battles, you get 35,000 skill points and 150,000 ISK. So over time, that's not that much. However... Uh, if you complete five daily missions, you will receive 500 orum a day. Now, this is all on top of whatever you would normally get in the other mission completion bonuses. 
for your role for your for your mission. So when you add them up over the course of a ten day event, it's it's decent. Um, it it is probably and if you think about it, really the only thing you get out of the event is the the single <clears throat> excuse me the single Amar medium skin mod, uh, you know death shroud module. So that's it, it is a low ball event that they're basically rolling out to say you've had an event. May I speak now? No, no, go ahead, Bate. I, I was going to say that Orm is actually really nice. That's uh, 5,000 Orm. Uh, no, it's you... 500. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, CCP. Yeah, it's 500 a day. Oh, yeah, a day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 500 yeah, it, times 10 is 5,000. It's, it's 5,000. Thank you, Pokey. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> you messed me up, though. <laughs> no, 5,000 Orma, after it's all said and done, plus a skin, uh, is great. And if you run, you know, obviously, if you run a more um, uh, Assault or Lodgy, which, fuck the Amar Lodgy, in my opinion. But if you run either of those suits, dude, you're you're making out um, on top of the, uh, the ISK. Oh, I sort like of. my Amar Lodgy. No, no. What? What? what, I, what, what? I, I, I will say though, that's a that's a fun little uh, thing to put uh, AV on. It's an Amar Lodgy. Yeah, thank you. Only thing though, it's not good for Lodgy suit in my opinion. I mean, the the big thing that I kind of my wish... it was the third Lodgy suit I leveled. So okay, yeah. my my wish item for this event though is you know is I'm I'm glad that uh, you know Shanghai is doing an event that ties into the overall thing. But I'm I'm really disappointed I didn't see more from the Eve side lore creators because I I swear they probably have as many people working on lore and scope videos and stuff for for Eve as we have developing dust at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know the number of people on either end of the, that equation. For new CPM just, though. But but I mean that that's just like one of those things that like could they not have even given like a, a token inclusion of this on the lore end of things where it doesn't have to be an actual game type they didn't do it and and you know but i, I i'm glad that that shanghai is at least you know mentioning it on that front i make that makes me wonder if you know you you have uh main ccp in uh in iceland then you have uh dust ccp uh, ccp shanghai over in china and uh and ccp shanghai is like that that annoying little brother or that, or that, uh, that friend that you feel sorry for, that you just pat on the head and send him on his way with, you know, with whatever he wants. That's what I get from this whole relationship. But maybe people in maybe, dust getting whatever we want. Are you well, imagining? <laughs> no, well, I, uh, yeah. People uh, want an event, and we got an event. I mean, it may not have the, the lore that people the, wanted. The but short answer they could have. I think they could have. They had a, a really neat solution in front of them that could have tied in very easily with oh, what yeah, Steve's doing. Uh, so without going into a whole lot of Eve lore, like in like 30 seconds or less, basically in order to pick whoever the new ruler of the Amar empire is, there's going to be a tournament in Eve and the different Amar sub factions pick champions. Uh, and then they had, they run basically a little mini version of the Alliance tournament, uh, that they run in Eve. And then that will determine which sub faction shits the, the next, uh, you know, emperor empress. These are players yeah these can... are like this is it is a live player event fucking uh, next thing you and do, man. what what they easily could have done well yeah but well max would need to get his fucking combat on then oh yeah uh, that's right so what would what they could have easily done is had a corresponding set of set of trials on the ground and then you know you offer like you know four or five different amar flavored skins and 
you can open up special matches and then it's it's literally you run it like a tournament like they like ccp tried to do and failed miserably a couple three times uh but it's like like let's say it's uh three out of five or whatever to pick the pick the new you know new amar emperor or empress and then one of the fights or two of the fights or whatever something small but somewhat consequential could have been a basically a pc battle effectively uh, or a PC style fight. They did like a squad cup, and that would have been per- that was that would have been perfect for it. Uh, but they could have easily done that, I think, with a little bit of a little bit of fucking br- you know sweat on their brow, and they could have figured that out and tied it in nicely. But that would mm-hmm. have freaked the Eve people out. They probably <laughs> wouldn't have had any of it. So, all right, any any other consternation or commentary on the ubiquitous Amar Death Shroud event? Well, I mean, I'm just I'm repeating what we said, but I mean, it is interesting that we were talking a few podcasts ago about how we wanted more stuff tying in with Eve Lore and we did kind of get that. No, that's Only true. Kind of. I, I mean, I mean, I absolutely, I give them the credit for at least linking it to, to, to the events. I mean, I, I 100% give them that. Uh, and I, I don't think, I actually don't think this is a CCP Shanghai problem. I think it's really, I think bait was the one that mentioned it's, this is actually more of a CCP Reykjavik thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're the ones who actually run the lore for the most part. Senpai noticed us. Yep. They didn't notice us, though. Kind of. Not really. They looked our direction. They didn't make eye no, contact, no, though. No, they didn't. <laughs> the, uh, okay. So we're, we're going to transition gears, unless anybody has anything else to clean up, reference uh, um, We just. Oh, I was just going to mention really quickly that this week in Dust, there just seems to have been. A huge flare-up in people scamming each other, and uh, I won't I won't go into all the nitty-gritty gritty details, but it just is. There's been stuff in my corp. There's been stuff out of corp. It's just I don't know what it is about this week, but there just was a massive truck ton of scamming going on. Hmm. Uh, it would be really hard for me to. I mean, I, I'm I'm absolutely taking your word uh, on this one. I just it's really hard for me to to judge like the like a you know, kind of a, a relative measure of it. Cause I don't, I just don't have a sensing of, of it. Are you talking about like trade scamming or you mean like, yeah, trade. And shit? Okay. no, no, not corpse. That's strictly, you know, people saying, Oh, I'm going to give you this apex suit. Can I get my 30 million? And they don't get the 30 million, you know, that kind of, those, those kind of scams have been going on a lot this week. Uh, okay. I got a court mail sent out saying Vincent Sims, and men for life at YouTube are scamming in Squad Finder, so it's kind of hilarious to me that there's scanner scammers that are such scrubs that they're not even in a trade channel. They're literally just using Squad Finder. Well, I, I don't know, man. It's it takes all kinds. I mean, I, I am I don't really feel bad for the people that got scammed, and I I don't have too much hate for the people that did the scamming. I just assume that that is that that kind of activity goes on, and it's always buyer beware. Yeah. Anyway, we we can we can get into more scamming stuff later. I just thought I would mention it as kind of a keeping up with the neighbors type thing. No, no, I think that's a good thing. And, and I'll be honest with you, until and if if they ever if you could ever do this kind of stuff like from a corp sense, like if there was like a corp armory and all this stuff, and you were buying and selling com selling things on a commodities level, not an individual level. Um, I, I think there would probably be some actually pretty neat stories coming out of that, but. I, they would need to, to really pony up and gain some testicular fortitude to make that kind of change. 
Yeah, but I think that's uh, that's everything related to dust. I don't have mm, any more. I'm gonna not, not everything. Oh. Okay, all right, everybody. We're gonna give Bayet a second yes. so he can tell people what he did this, this week. It sounds exciting. Yeah, Go I, ahead. I am so fucking excited. Okay, everybody knows that we have these lovely little purple things called encrypted strong boxes that sit in our assets and mock us with their sheer number. Um, uh, as compared to uh to that that glorious thing that is the hacked decryptor key, you you'll have uh more boxes than you'll have keys. Um, with almost no way to uh to um uh, get rid of those boxes, um, and still get the goodies. Now, uh, GM Archduke posted uh in a forum saying that if you send in a help ticket, if you send in this ticket. And asked to have all of your strong boxes removed, he would do it. Now, obviously, you don't get don't get the goodies that are inside, but but you still have the satisfaction of knowing that you have zero boxes in your assets, and it takes away that annoying little until red you bubble. finish a match. Until you finish a match, and then you get ten from salvage and uh, seventeen from your missions, putting you back up to twenty seven, as which was my case, uh, not twenty minutes after I got all my. 1600 boxes removed and as of today i'm up to 88 boxes uh with two decryptor keys and um and we'll probably send in a help ticket next month asking him to remove them all so if you have an ungodly amount of strong boxes that you hate send in a help ticket and gm archduke praises to his name will send you or will get rid of them he won't send you anything he will get rid of them though that is all i i just i still don't I, I understand the comedy of them. I still don't understand why they bother people so much. I don't know either, but they do. People complain. It's an, o, that it's like, it's an OCD in. thing. You you go you get the I, little orange. I guess, man. That shit. You get is the annoying. little orange circle. I know the orange, you need the to look at this. Fucking you need to look thing. at this. There's an and orange the, circle here. And, I and complained the, about that internally the, the moment they the moment I first saw it. And that the one for the boosters that tells me I don't have a booster. Yeah, I know I don't have a booster. You don't need a circle to tell me. I have a booster, so I'm fine. Yeah? Well, good for yeah. you. <laughs> Some of us don't have boosters. Well, I bet you Eric, still have boxes, just, so you still have the orange Just buy one 30-day pass of booster, and it won't bug you anymore. Well, guess what, Zell? It, it, just buy a booster, and it won't no. bother you anymore? I think that's I buy mine with ISKs, so I'm not, I'm well, not feeding the beast. See, see, Heracles, some of us aren't rich enough. Um, to be able to do that, please direct all your uh, donations of boosters to Iowa Bait, A-I-W-H-A space bait. Thank you. Some of us don't have the money to do that, Heracles Porsche. Lucky okay, well, for you. Get, get grinding. Oh, goodness. I would if I could. The life Her of Elagi. Alright, so we're, we're going to move to our second major segment of the uh, of the show tonight, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the upcoming games. And so literally the kind of the point of this is uh, there are, as most people know, there are certain times of the year that you start getting uh, like a rush on games that are coming in. And we're starting to get into that swing here in the fall as it leads up to the holiday season. So what we thought would be kind of a cool idea is we could uh, ask everybody in the panel, like a couple, just a handful of, of the big games that they're looking forward to and why. Uh, you know, so maybe some things you can put on your radar or perhaps you want to get some of your friends together and you want to, you know, try some different gameplay out and all that kind of stuff. And, and we really encourage people to, 
to, to really look at other games uh, as much as you can because what the, what it does, it makes you appreciate uh, the games that you do play a little bit more usually. It could be everything from third-person shooters, first-person shooters to platformers, uh, RPGs, strategy games, whatever. And, they, and the more that you see, you'll generally get a little bit better uh, perspective on how some things can be done in different games. And, and you may find some interesting cross-pollinization opportunities. So not only that, we're always on the lookout, lookout for something fun to play. And usually, if you can do it with friends, that's even better. So uh, we'll just kind of go down the list and kind of kick a couple ideas around. And if you if you got some comments on it uh, here in the, in the panel, when somebody brings up a cool game, uh, feel free. So, Bate, I'd like to kind of lead off with you. What are a couple, three of the, the games you're looking forward to that are going to be out, uh, either have come out right now or, or they're coming out between now and basically the holiday season? Uh, well, as a, as a history nerd, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm, uh, I think I have to say Assassin's Creed Syndicate, um, set in Victoria, London, uh, this time around. I've always loved the Assassin's Creed game and, uh, am putting my faith in Ubisoft. One last time um, with with Syndicate, and hopefully nothing will uh, fuck up. Um, also looking forward to uh, Fallout, uh, as is the rest of the world. And... Uh, probably looking forward to getting uh, both of the uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 games. I've gotten into a, uh, into a stint on, uh, on Metal Gear Solid. I picked up four... Um, Yesterday, I uh, picked up uh, Guns of the Patriots, I think it is, um, and started through that and played the first act. Such a fucking good game. Highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. All right. That's pretty cool, man. I, I think uh, a lot of people are tracking Fallout and Metal Gear. Uh, no, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid uh, Phantom Pain is out, and I, I have talked to, I think, three people that have actually laid hands on it and they all are very, very high on that game. Now, I, I have, I, I am quite aware of the Metal Gear series, and I have enjoyed a couple of the games. Some of them get kind of crazy, and some of them you might as well pull up and like, you know, have a pop bucket of soda popcorn. and popcorn because mm-hmm. of the two-hour cutscenes. But uh, it, that, it's my understanding is that game is very, 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 very well received right now. Yeah, um, former CEO has. Um, has it on the PlayStation 3, and uh, he said it's fucking beautiful, um, even though it is on uh, on what is now the uh, the last gen of consoles or the previous gen. Um, still said it looks good. Peace Walker looks like the best freaking thing ever. Looks better than Dust, but that's not setting the bar real high. Okay. Um, I, I got a random dumb question. So the Assassin's Creed that's coming out in the Victorian area, mm-hmm. is, is that what the Michael Fassbender movie's about? Mm, I'll get back to you on that. Let me look while everybody is uh, going through okay. their games. All right, cool beans. Um, let's see. Heracles, how about you, man? Any couple, three games that are, have caught your eye? Yes, three. Um, I'll talk about them in the order that they're coming out. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Life is Strange. It's yeah. sort of like, oh, have you played that one? No, I'm familiar with the game. Okay, well, it's it's a it's kind of like a indie type game that you can just buy like buy really cheaply off you know um, the PS3 or Xbox market, and it's about like 80% released. Where they still they they've released they've got five episodes, so they still need to release episode five. So I've played one through four, and 
it's really good, very intense experience, and it, you're playing as like this high school girl who can reverse time. It sounds kind of lame when I describe it like that. Just take my word for it that it's an awesome game. You can see a little bit of footage of me playing it up on my YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's it, it you you basically you play the game and you start you go in the start menu and it's just like this peaceful, soothing music. So you just kind of assume that it must be like this super mellow whatever but it turns into like a crazy ridiculously intense dangerous experience and very emotionally driven um i i don't know i i can't say enough good things about it so definitely check that one out um i think you can get the first episode for free now i'm not sure but yeah i'm really looking forward to the fifth episode because episode four left me with a really cruel cliffhanger so i really want to finish that up uh halo 5 guardians um a little more for the campaign than the multiplayer and uh star wars battlefront 3 oh that's a good one yeah that that one looks pretty legit if you've ever played the old battlefront games um yeah. they they have definitely uh buffed that thing up for the current gen technology just based on like some of the YouTubes that I've I've been seeing of of like the gameplay footage and stuff like that, it's it's pretty wicked good. Or look, well, let this way, it looks like it will be pretty fun if you like the big massive shooters with a lot of different uh, mechanics. And Battlefront is always really good at having a lot of different things to do in the game. Usually fairly vanilla, like they'll have ground vehicles, air vehicles, space vehicles, and all this other jazz. It'll be fairly simple, but it but it gives you a lot of different options. So uh, the, the couple couple videos I saw actually today of, of uh, Star Wars Battlefront, they, it looks pretty solid. And they're really doing, they're apparently paying a lot of attention to the hero character balance, like making sure that those things are are, uh, are pretty slick. So that, that does look like one that'll be pretty cool. Hey, uh, let's see, Bate, you said you had an update real quick? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um... It it looks like uh, the Assassin's Creed movie is going to follow a um, a brand new assassin. Um, the filming started in Malta uh, the other day, um, and here's how a, uh, a local newspaper describes it: the story is about a revolutionary technology. Um, this is coming from ScreenRant.com, by the way. Uh, revolutionary technology that unlocks genetic memories. Callum Lynch. Uh, who is uh, Michael Fassbender, experiences the adventures of his uh, ancestor Aguilar in the 15th century Spain. Count discovers he's descended from a mysterious secret society, blah, 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 and then plot of every Assassin's Creed game. So it looks like Fassbender uh, will be playing the actual assassin um, uh, within, the, uh, within the Animus. Um, but again, from the way that this is... Um, uh, from the way that this is uh, uh, reading, he may play both the main character and and the assassin. Uh, yeah, I, which, I would assume he is. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that sounds pretty sense. legit. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, uh, the um, some people from uh, Boardwalk Empire are going to be on uh, supporting um, somebody from uh, Inglorious Bastards. I don't know the name. Uh, the costume designer from uh, Kick-Ass 1 to an Ant-Man will be uh, is tied to the project. And production designer Andy Nicholson from the Divergent series is also tied to it. Okay. All right. That sounds pretty good, man. Uh, Zell, what about you? 
So, um, the, the big thing that I'm actually uh, looking forward to that's coming out uh, around the holidays is actually, I'm actually very bitter about it as well. Um, and that's uh, that I'm looking forward to the new Tomb Raider, but I'm really ticked off because Microsoft bought, like, exclusivity for it. And the, the sort of exclusivity that I love is when they actually pay another company to screw their own customers in favor of their other own customers. Because I'm a Windows gamer, and I'm getting screwed over because they're paying for Xbox exclusivity. That sort of thing just, it, it, it grinds my gears, and I, I just, ugh. Um, I... The other thing that I'm looking forward to is that somewhere within the next, you know, anywhere from next week to six years from now, we're supposed to be getting the um, uh, first-person shooter module of Star Citizen, uh, Star Marine, and I'm really excited about that. Um, I don't know how it's going to go, which is, you know, as one can expect with anything coming from from uh, Chris Roberts. Um, and then the, th- the third thing that I'm looking for uh, forward to is actually coming out next February, uh, and that's the new Mirror's Edge. Oh, that'd be pretty legit. Now that that's actually one of those games I would be fascinated to see in uh, VR. I yes. would not, I, I actually don't think that would be like safe to play in VR. Because, I mean, as it is, they already put a big freaking dot in the middle of the screen, and that's that's required to keep you from getting like motion sick trying to play the thing. I'd be really terrified to try playing that game in VR. I, I it would probably look pretty pretty bitchin', I think. Yeah, until you throw up all over your keyboard. Yeah, if you have no constitution, yes, that's and you fail your you know, fail your saving throw, I'm sure. Um, okay, uh, Pokey, what do you think, man? I'll pick something that other people haven't done yet. So, uh, Taken King Destiny expansion coming out in two days. Uh, Bungie's actually already released some of the changes in their 2.0 update to the game. A lot of it looks really promising. Uh, they, they've, I'll admit, they've showing me that they, they have a clue of what they're doing and they're actually moving in a good direction. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it will play out and I'm looking forward to the expansion. Uh, let me see. Ta-da. Rainbow Six coming out December 1st. Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, that one is kind of that tactical um, shooter where you're, you're basically playing either uh, like a hostage situation where you're a SWAT team breaking into a building. You're trying to rescue the hostages. That looks like really cool. Yeah, that, no, it, that it looks awesome. Is, it's very high on my list. I'm buying that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got stuff, destructible environments. I mean, the, I think one of the gameplay was the guy shooting a hole in a wall and then using the hole to hit the guy inside the room. It was very cool. I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then one that's probably a little less mainstream, but Persona 5 is supposedly coming out in 2015. We don't have an exact release date yet, but uh, I'm a big fan of Persona 3 and 4 and some of the, the side games on that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, no, I, that was actually, uh, you know, Rainbow Six Siege was actually on, on my list as well. I, I've been looking forward to that game for quite a while and have been following the uh, the development of it. There, if you haven't seen it, there are some really, really good live gameplay demo videos that they've put out. It is, um, uh, you know, like many of the Rainbow Six, Six games, very, very tactically oriented. Uh, this one has a ton of different options in it, and it looks very, very up in your face kind of fighting. Uh, so should be pretty interesting. Rainbow Six franchise has been a, a long staple of cooperative shooters. Uh, and they definitely at least appear on the surface right now to have to really uh, kind of tap back into that, you know, really team oriented, very realistic sort of uh, scenario. And, and you get kind of some interesting advantage. My understanding, you get some interesting advantages on being either the offender or the or the defender 
so you get, you have some different things that you can do inside of that. So should be pretty interesting. Um, let's see. So for me, po sorry. Um, no, go ahead. Pokey, can I ask you um, if I still have Destiny, but I haven't bought any DLC for it? If I go back and like play it today, will it be any different than a year ago? Uh, yeah, like it's it, like I said, it's been a two point update, and that's basically to the game as a whole. It's not like part of a patch, like a, like a DLC patch. So there's like a new quest system, um, upgraded inventory, uh, a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, it's uh, from my understanding, you don't have to have purchased any of the DLC to uh, get those features. So, uh, sorry, what, what I could get new items and new what do the quests do? Um, well, as far as new items, I, I believe that those, the, the ones that are above level 30, which would be the 30 to 32 is Stark Low, and 32 to 34 would be uh, House of Wolves. I think those are locked. If you don't have those expansions, you can't get those higher levels. But um, the quests are basically like there's a class quest. Like for each subclass, you can go through and you get some uh, some items and stuff. And, and there actually are so some So to new say, items, like, like, kill however many of this whatever a day i just it seems like the same kind of stuff i was doing before um they aren't really daily quests it's more of like a class progression and whatnot and because oh, they've okay. changed uh they've changed a few things in terms of like your gear and whatnot like your class armor previously was for aesthetics only that now actually has stats on it um it raises your defense uh, your level is no longer based off of your gear it's based off experience earned uh your light level is just an average of the attack and defense of all your gear just average together um and, and while enemies and missions will have a recommended light level your your level is really what dictates if you uh can do things and whatnot i pretty much was only doing multiplayer towards the end of my time there so i don't know um well i do know that i believe this is available to everyone regardless of dlc or not but they've released some of the multiplayer maps from the Taken King that you're allowed to play for free, at least for this week, so you can try out some of the new game modes, some of the new maps and whatnot. I think that's that's free for everyone um, until the release day on Tuesday. Oh, that's good to know. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, let's see. We talked a little bit about Rainbow Siege, Battlefront, and Star Wars Battlefront, and a couple of other ones. Th those were kind of high on my list, but of, of the ones that nobody has mentioned... Um, XCOM 2 comes out, I think, November. Like what? Late November. Yep. Uh, I've been That's soon? Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be oh. here for the holidays. So uh, they say it, they, they still have it listed as a November release, but I think it's probably going to be like right before Christmas. Dude, I, I, is huh. that going to be anything like XCOM Enemy Unknown? I, well, I, you know, from what little I can tell, it looks obviously similar in that vein, you know, a tactical turn-based squad game. Uh, but in terms of like the internals of it, it's a little hard to tell right now. I salivated but, over that freaking game. Oh my goodness! X freaking XCOM I'm censoring myself very, right now. By the way, games. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty into it. So yeah. We'll yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Next one up would be the division. That's also a kind of a UB product. It's. Uh, it's also in the Tom Clancy universe, not unlike Rainbow Six. Uh, but the division is pretty. It's it it looks like it has some fairly innovative approaches. It's a again small squad team based type gameplay, uh, or you can solo it if you wish. Uh, but there is PvP involved, and it's basically you know in the guts of New York City. You know, tragedy disasters occurred, uh, and it's very much a kind of survival exploration game uh, with 
a, a variety of tactical objectives that feed into a storyline. Uh, it looks pretty good uh, on the surface anyway. It looks like some innovative use of... Um, it it kind of reminds me of like if, if you tried to play a game like XCOM, but it wasn't turn-based, it was like real-time. That's kind of the feel that you get from the gameplay. At least that's that, that's my personal impression. But it looks pretty interesting, and it looks like it'd be a good game to play with, you know, three or four buddies. Uh, probably similar similar in vain to how Destiny you can play with a smaller group of people and probably have a good time. Uh, the only other thing that's out there that I've I've been kind of really keeping my eye on is uh, Eternal Crusade. That's a Warhammer 40k property. It's a uh, massive. It's like an MMO shooter game type thing uh they have a very very open development uh cycle over there uh at the studio that they work on they do weekly twitch streams show you actual gameplay they just started the alpha for it and i think they're going to get into the beta sometime around christmas and then early spring is full release but it's uh cross the two from the cpm and i we have been watching it pretty close we're big warhammer fans uh, and it looks like it's coming together very, very well. Because, uh, like I said, they're very, very open with what they what they're doing and how, uh, what they show the community. Uh, it's an interesting lesson that you that a lot of other developer studios probably could take. So that's probably worth worth a look. You know, you can go back and check out some of their re- recent Twitch streams. Like I said, they you know they kick them out about once a week, once every other week and a half, and you can get some good feedback from them. So those are kind of the things that I'm looking forward to. In addition to a lot of the stuff that you guys you guys have already mentioned. So uh, let's see, we're going to do some quick shout outs unless anybody's got anything pressing, and we're going to go ahead and call this one a night. So we'll start at the top of the uh, the list here in Mumble and kind of work our way down. So Bate, any shout outs? Uh, yeah, a few actually. I would like to give a shout out to my corporation, Incorruptibles. Uh, love running, love running with you guys uh, when I can. Um, also, shout out to Ray, uh, uh, Radio from um, I believe that's how you say his name from that same corporation. Got in a squad uh, with him. Shit, Saturday I guess, um, Friday or Saturday, and. Uh, we found a new um, a new reason to run the basic suit and the basic set of suits and uh, the Amar Lodgy, and that is a uh, as a shits and giggles um, AV fit. Uh, put some swarm launchers on there, flux grenades or not flux grenades, AV grenades and proximity explosives, and you will have a good time. Um, also, would like to shout out uh, Twelve Gauge uh, from uh, from the Dust community. Um, played with her right before I came on the show. Had some, had some good laughs, good games. Um, and last of all, but not least, I'd like to shout out to the Galente Federation for finally pushing back the Kaldari scum who have been stomping us for the past couple of months in factional warfare. Good job, guys. Let's keep doing that. Alrighty. Uh, let's see, Heracles. Any shoutouts? Oh, those were some good. I'm gonna shout out Iwa Bait for his, how awesome his shoutouts were, and uh, also I'm gonna shout out Hal P from Dust University for giving me two free experimental plasma <laughs> launchers, and that's it. All right, hey, what's your what's the name of your channel on YouTube? It's Heracles Porsche. It's the same this. Yeah. All right, all right. Just checking, brother. Um, Pokey, shoutouts. 
Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my coworkers at work. Uh, we just finished a massive rush, um, working about 12 hour days, seven days a week for the last month or so. And we all got it done. Uh, it was a good group effort. We all worked our asses off. So shout out to you guys, um, for helping the, the department get everything done. And we got a nice bonus for it. So thanks. Alrighty. Zell shout outs. I have, um, I, I have like, Hmm. I, I don't really have anything. I, I don't know. I, I give a shout out to, um, uh, my wonderful, my wonderful co-hosts here on the show, uh, that tolerate me, uh, 71, <laughs> 70, 72 weeks later. Um, they've, they're still putting up with me. So I, I, I really, I really appreciate it. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Um, let's see. Shout outs. Uh, I, yeah, I've got one. I'd like to give a shout out to Josh Trank, the director of the Fantastic Four movie, uh, primarily because that was the best episode of Drunk Mystery Science Theater 3000, the live crowd induced version that I've had in years. Uh, so a bunch of us uh, went and saw that movie, and we were in a relatively small theater around here. And about a third of the way through the, well, about almost a half of the way through the movie, most of us had already been uh, pre-drinking, and it, and I don't, I really don't drink very much, like hardly at all. But uh, it was it was pretty interesting. So it became one huge mystery science theater three thousand troll fest on the movie very loudly, and it was hilarious. Uh, pretty much the entire there's only like twenty people in the in the theater. I think. 15 of them were with us. So it was very, very humorous. So Josh Trank, keep turning those out. Fantastic four, keep sucking. Uh, all right, folks. So we're going to go ahead and kind of uh, land the plane, as we say. And uh, we really appreciate you guys stopping in and hanging out with us tonight a little bit. Uh, we, we appreciate when you guys give us some notes on Twitter or email. Uh, always a big fan of that. If you have hate mail, at OCD Trekkie. That would be Frizzell. And if you have shit you like, you can hit me at Jason Larison on Twitter. That's usually how we like to do it. Things that suck, go to go to Zell. Things that are good, come to, come to me. I'm a big fan of that. Also tweet uh, at Pokey Draven all your pictures of goats. Absolutely. Goats. He loves goats. He loves Big fan of goats. goats. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're so, weird. There's something we're going to do a goat simulator you know thing with them. Pokey. It's going to be great. Twitch.tv forward slash uh, biomass, please. That might exist next week. We'll no. see. We, we might have to. That could be actually pretty fun. No no good will come of this. All right. So, folks, uh, from everybody here at the Biomass crew, we really appreciate you guys supporting us and kind of uh, making it worthwhile doing this show for well over a year now. It's actually pretty cool. So thank you very much, and good night, and good luck. <laughs>